Three guests of a quarantine hotel in Taipei were confirmed to be infected with the Omicron variant after undergoing genetic sequencing. They had an identical spike protein sequence, but their whole genome sequence differed. The CECC is therefore still handling the case as a suspected cluster. Meanwhile, another confirmed case has been reported from a different Taipei quarantine hotel. Case 17181 tested positive after his quarantine. Before the result came out, the patient had taken his child to a kindergarten, which has now shut down to undergo two days of disinfection. Even though all the places he visited have been disinfected, the quarantine hotel where he stayed at had reported another confirmed case earlier. The authorities are investigating whether the two cases are from a cluster infection. With the number of Omicron cases ballooning worldwide and the expected surge of Taiwanese returning expats before the Lunar New Year, Taiwan is tightening its borders to prevent infected travelers from slipping through. Starting Tuesday, international arrivals will be required to furnish a PCR certificate showing proof of a negative COVID test taken within two days of boarding. Currently, arrivals are required to present a certificate that was issued up to three days prior to boarding. The numbers of COVID cases have been shooting up around the globe with an average of 2 million confirmed cases reported every day. Despite its relative success at keeping confirmed cases outside its borders, Taiwan is still seeing an unprecedented number of imported cases. In an attempt to keep the borders impervious to COVID before the Lunar New Year, starting January 4th, the CECC is requiring international arrivals to furnish a PCR certificate showing proof of a negative COVID test taken within two days of boarding, rather than a certificate issued three days before boarding. The incubation period from infection to onset of disease seems to be relatively short, about 3.4 days on average. So if we don't shorten the time, then it may be difficult for us to ascertain when a person was infected. With the 3.4-day incubation period, the CECC decided to shorten the time between test-taking and boarding. So if a report is provided two days prior to boarding and adding one day of flight time, the three days are within the incubation period, thus reducing the risk of letting a confirmed case into the country. Under the old requirement of three days between the report and boarding, an infected person may get a negative test result and board the plane, slipping through the borders without being detected. If a negative test report is from three days prior to taking the flight, then maybe the virus load was not high enough at the time, so it escaped detection. The closer you are to the time of entering the country, the more virus you may have, and so the more likely it is detected. So the closer you are to border entry, the more accurate the test result. From January 1st to the Lunar New Year, Taiwanese expats will be returning home in droves. The period from January to March will pose a challenge to Taiwan as a basis for a potential onslaught of confirmed cases. Two political battles are coming up in just a week. 
a recall vote for Taipei City Councilor Freddie Lim, and a legislative by-election for Taichung's second constituency will be held on January 9th. Many political heavyweights have come to Lim's support, including legislator Chen Tingfei and Jilong Mayor Ling Youchang. Chen bicycled for three days all the way from Tainan to Lin's service center in Taipei's Wanhua district, greeting Lim with a big hug. Mayor Lin and Freddie Lim's allies in Taipei City Council also turned up to show their support. Meanwhile, President Tsai herself traveled to Taichung's Shalu district and took the stage at DPP legislative candidate Lin Jingyi's rally. The president said Taiwan can no longer afford to be in chaos. She urged residents in the second constituency to exercise their voting rights to put an end to the, quote, bullying of her opponent, and that they should vote for Lin so she can further push for reforms in the legislature. A temple in Pingdong County handed out so-called mother coins on the first two days of the new year. Believers flocked to the temple to try to get their hands on one of the 3,000 traditional lucky charms. Some traveled from neighboring Kaohsiung, arriving as early as 5 a.m. and waiting in line for five hours. For them, a coin that promises great fortune is worth both the long drive and long wait. The queue outside Pindong's Church and Fuan Temple stretched all the way from the temple's main square to nearby alleys. Believers were here to get their hands on commemorative mother coins for the upcoming Year of the Tiger, believing that the coin will give birth to fortune. A staff member of the temple handed out vouchers for redeeming the auspicious coins. There are no numbers. They're handed out so people will be sure to get a coin. We have around 3,000 this morning. The vouchers weren't handed out until 10 a.m., but the line outside already stretched for hundreds of meters. Many in the crowd were non-locals coming from various places to the southernmost county. Some even embarked on a journey in the middle of the night. We left at 3.30 a.m. today. When we arrived, it was not even 5 a.m. It's a hobby. I collect the coins. I've been coming here every year since the first year they started issuing the coins. This is the sixth year. Many came here with the whole family. One group even brought along their 95-year-old grandma. Every year, the Chechen Fuan Temple issues these lucky coins. Last year, the event was canceled due to COVID. The temple announced that it would resume this year, and believers responded by flocking to the iconic place of worship. Some lived empty-handed on New Year's Day, the first day of the event, so the temple announced a bonus. The number of worshippers far exceeded our expectations. There were really a lot of people. So we added 300 coins yesterday, bringing the total to 2,400 coins. In addition to the first two days of 2022, the Lucky Mother coins will be distributed over Lunar New Year in 15 different sessions. After group worship at 7.30 p.m. on Lunar New Year's Eve, we will hold another freebie bonanza, giving away 4,000 coins. Additionally, we will hand out red envelopes with the land god's blessings. From the first day to the fifth day of Lunar New Year, we will hold two freebie sessions a day at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. With restrictions lifted, not only has domestic travel resurged, folk religion activities promising a peaceful and prosperous New Year are also all the rage. 
online retail has surged in recent years, bringing added convenience to consumers. But that convenience comes at a cost to the environment in the form of packaging waste. With every door-to-door shipment, plastic materials like foam sheets and bubble wrap pile up, most of it ending up in the landfill. Today, in our Sunday special report, we meet entrepreneurs who want to turn that plastic tide and make online shopping kinder to the earth. Just after 10 in the morning, packages from online retailers start showing up at this office building. This is an everyday occurrence across Taiwan. Regarding e-commerce platforms, we've discovered that people's spending habits have changed. For example, people order goods online and order delivery of food and beverages. Over the past year, due to the pandemic, the frequency with which people spend money online has increased. Online shopping takes an environmental toll. Open a package and you're greeted with a barrage of bubble wrap. These air-filled packing materials take up most of the space in the box, and they all end up in the trash. You've got the box used for shipping, and inside, there are several packages, large and small. There are many materials used for cushioning products during shipment that are not recyclable. For example, there are those plastic shipping bags. Actually, we have issued guidelines calling for a limit on packing materials used for online shipping. We would like for 90% of the weight of the packaged product to come from the product itself. The packing materials, including the outer shipping container, should not exceed 10% of the weight. Although the packaging, shipping container, and even the printed surface of shipped products are all now regulated, the amount of waste generated by online shopping continues to grow annually. Over the course of the last year, waste from online shipping reached about 35,000 metric tons. That number is in the process of growing. To process 35,000 metric tons of waste, all of Taiwan's 24 incinerators would need to run non-stop for a day and a half. That's a tremendous environmental toll. For some people, it's also a business opportunity. Currently, our warehouse in Taipei handles about 4,000 orders per year. We use about one ton of packing materials annually. A room just under 10 ping in size serves as the warehouse for this e-commerce platform. Workers process orders one at a time, checking each order before boxing it up. In the past, they would pack all the orders with air pillows so that customers could receive their orders in perfect condition. But to be kinder to the environment, they recently adopted a new packing method. Products are now placed in these gray pouches along with the waybill. Air pillows and other such materials are no longer used. Once the flap on the pouch is closed and the Velcro fastener is sealed, an anti-tampering sticker is affixed. Unlike the old shipping method, which used boxes, this new method allows the shipping container to be reused. This shipping bag here was made with recycled PET bottles. We wanted it to be durable and water-resistant. 
These reusable shipping bags are waterproof and according to the manufacturer, don't require the additional purchase of protective air pockets. To see whether the bags can truly protect ship products from damage, we placed a porcelain mug inside of one and dropped it several times from chest height onto a carpeted floor. When we opened the bag, the mug was still fully intact. To achieve this, the bag relies on a layer of 2 centimeter thick foam. The manufacturer says the bag can be reused up to 50 times. Our business model is to rent these bags to online retailers. It's just like if a person rents a bicycle or a scooter. You pay for each rental. Another e-commerce platform has been promoting reusable crates as a replacement for traditional cardboard boxes. They use polypropylene, which is a recyclable plastic. For temperature-controlled shipping, they can be used for three different temperatures, room temperature, refrigerated, and frozen. But an obvious problem exists with reusable shipping boxes. The large space inside means that ship goods may be bumped around during transport, causing damage. To address the issue, vendors can use recycled cardboard to cushion their goods. We have products coming in every month, and normally we put the cardboard boxes directly into the recycling. However, we realized that with a little processing, we can use those boxes again. We imported this box shredder, which shreds the boxes into this mesh-like structure. After we shred a box into a mesh like this, we can use it to wrap up a glass bottle before sending it to the customer. This way, we can avoid using disposable plastic. However, not every online retailer is able to use reusable boxes or bags. The reusable containers come in a limited range of sizes. This means there will always be some products that simply don't fit. For example, things like fresh foods or large furniture items can't be packed in these small shipping bags and mailed out to customers. With fresh produce, there are food safety concerns. If you're already a large-scale e-commerce company, a problem you might face is you need so many types of shipping boxes and bags. There's the 5-liter and the 10-liter. There are many different types of bags. The soft shell bag, the hard shell bag, the water resistant bag, and even the cold insulated bag. You'd end up with more and more different types of bags. One main issue that comes with using reusable containers is cost. For vendors, using these containers is more expensive than using traditional cardboard boxes. The cost would go down if more vendors used them. But to increase the adoption rate, more consumers have to be persuaded to get on board. As someone who habitually uses e-commerce websites, I would say I'm motivated by convenience. That's why I choose to shop online. If I get a product in traditional packaging, I can take the plastic shipping bag and throw it in the trash. With the reusable bags, I need to go to a designated shop to return the bag. For me, that's an extra burden. With reusable bags, consumers need to take the packaging to a designated spot to return it. Although there are 400 such designated spots today, they are all concentrated in Taipei, New Taipei, and Taoyuan. 
Returning plastic boxes is an even bigger hassle as customers need to accept their delivery in person, remove their product, and return the box to the courier. Therefore, packages received by building staff on behalf of the customer simply can't be delivered using reusable containers. To devise a solution, manufacturers of reusable shipping products have been working with online retailers to offer coupons to shoppers who return bags after delivery. I found that one of their return stations was a beverage shop that sells a black tea I really like. When I returned the bag, I got a 30 NT coupon, which just happens to be the price of that tea. So if I returned the bag, I could get a free drink. I think that's great. If I can get lots of discounts like that, I will really want to use these things. Stores that serve as return stations see increased foot traffic. That creates a win-win situation for the reusable box program and its partner stores. Another solution created by a box maker is a subscription program that offers a flexible return service. If you're one of our long-term subscribers, then you don't need to worry if you're not home during a delivery. Building staff can receive the package for you, and I'll go pick up the box the following week. Online shopping lets customers compare prices at a glance and to get packages sent straight to their homes. It's a convenience for the consumer, but it also generates a tremendous amount of waste. Environmental groups say retailers shouldn't be left to their own devices when it comes to deciding whether to reduce waste. There are lots of food delivery services in Taiwan, both large and small, as well as e-commerce platforms that all want for there to be an agreement on this issue. They don't want it left to voluntary action. If a standard were to be set, many more businesses would be on board, and the adoption rate among consumers would be much higher. Online shopping has brought tremendous convenience to everyday life, particularly during the pandemic. But the toll it takes on the environment only grows day by day. How to save the earth without sacrificing convenience will be a major test for our age. A Taipei University is working with rural schools to deliver lively, innovative education in English and math. In 2021, National Taiwan Normal University offered teaching materials and teacher training to four under-resourced elementary schools in Yunlin County. Let's drop in on a class. What is this? Okay, good. Uh, Kevin, what is this? Very good. Students learn English through interactive games, picture cards, and storytelling. This is a program called Passion Quality Education in Rural Schools. It was launched by National Taiwan Normal University. Since 2018, the program has supported rural schools in Taiwan by providing English and math teaching materials. I learned a lot of English, including the words for weather, countries, clothes, shoes and cars. We use games and quizzes to learn English, because this game helps me to remember better. In the past, we had to just memorize the words. 
I learned a lot in these two classes. For example, I now understand these two problems I didn't understand before. In 2021, the program has partnered with Zhang Rongfa Foundation to develop innovative teaching materials and provide English and math classes for four elementary schools in Yunling. The Zhang Rongfa Foundation has always been working on improving rural education, but the way we used to do it was to target individual schools and sponsor them. But now we hope to find a professional team that is efficient and helpful to children and support rural education that way. I personally visited the schools and saw that through the program the students' interest in learning has increased, and many of them have changed from passive to active. Because teachers in rural areas have fewer resources, NTNU has also developed teaching modules. In addition, it also conducts training for aspiring teachers. A very important point is to export a very complete teaching package, including teaching materials, teaching methods, evaluation, and teacher training to Yunlin schools. We implement it all through high technology. First off, there are evaluations. We have a tech-based diagnostic system that lets students quickly know what their weaknesses are and then immediately improve on them. Taking English as an example, the diagnosis is on vocabulary, grammar, reading comprehension and listening, so students receive a very detailed breakdown. These materials, from the assessment tools and teaching materials to support for teacher training, are the result of nearly 10 years of effort at NTNU. We have a group of teachers from various fields who come together to develop teaching materials and resources. At rural schools, when it comes to infrastructure, the local government and the private sector invest a lot in hardware. But there is lack of long-term and stable support for teachers in rural areas because the turnover rate of these teachers is very high. The 2018 Passion Quality Education in Rural Schools program has partnered with rural schools in Hualien, Taitung, Taoyuan, New Taipei and Yunling. It hopes to continue to support rural rural education by working with schools in Nanto and Pingdong in the future. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Lu Bochong in Taipei.